Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Coming to you live from an undisclosed location in the great state of New York. It is time for another edition of the GBI Show. That's right. It is Gridiron Betting Insights here from ATS. Jay Sannon, your host with definitely not the most, definitely not somewhere in the middle, probably closer to the least. Your host with probably closer to the least in this NFL Week 16 preview episode of the program. Of course, we will run through all of the games, all 16 games on the NFL Week 16 schedule from a betting perspective. We will also spread a little holiday cheer for you as we get closer and closer to, of course, Christmas Day. There are a couple of NFL games on Christmas Day on Saturday. We will talk about those. We will talk about all the other games on the schedule and of course, we'll talk about Christmas as well. And, you know, we'll start with that, I guess, because Christmas Day is a very exciting day. You know, everybody swaps gifts and everybody spends time with their loved ones. Hopefully, everybody able to do that as safely as possible with everything going on in the world right now. And, you know, Christmas kind of takes on a different tone when you're a parent, right? I happen to be a parent of three wonderful young ladies, uh, four-year-old twins and a five-year-old who uh, just started kindergarten, but believes that she knows more than uh, both of her parents put together, which I think she got from me, that uh, sort of know-it-all gene. And, you know, Christmas is different when you got kids, right? Because you go from kind of, you know, being excited about what you got and, you know, the reactions to the things that you bought for other people to basically just being a glorified janitor uh, with a paper trail of wrapping paper and cardboard boxes just kind of dangling off you at all times. But uh, but it is worth it, of course, to see the the reactions to all of the different gifts and, you know, the family experiences that are sure to come here over the next few days. Of course, if you are somebody who does celebrate Christmas, I wish you a Merry Christmas. If you celebrate something else or nothing at all, I wish you a happy Saturday or whatever it is that uh, that you are enjoying over this weekend. But Christmas is approaching. We will talk about the games on Christmas as well as the rest of the NFL Week 16 schedule. Of course, before we get too deep into it, don't forget, folks, go to ats.io slash GBI. They gave me my own fancy web page on the website, ats.io slash GBI. Get exclusive sportsbook bonuses from a whole bunch of bookmakers out there in the legal U.S. sports betting scene, uh, depending on what states you're in. You might be able to take advantage of some of those, get a little bit of extra cash for your bankroll, not just for the holidays, but going forward. And then, you know, you can either listen to or fade my advice and hopefully grow that bankroll over the course of not just the end of 2021, but into 2022 as well. ATS.io slash GBI. It's at the bottom of your screen. If you are watching, if you are listening, uh, we'll be in the podcast description text for you to check out there. ATS.io slash GBI. Now, without any further ado, uh, all the housekeeping out of the way, all that fun stuff, let's get into week 16 of the NFL season, and we're going to start off with a good one right off the bat, folks. Thursday night football, it is 49ers-Titans. Niners, a three-point favorite on the road, total of 45. 
Of course, last week, the Niners beating the Falcons. They've won a couple straight games at home now after beating the Bengals in that overtime game. Uh, and then, of course, the Titans, they were beaten on the road by the Pittsburgh Steelers in a low-scoring matchup. And it's an interesting game to me, right, because you have a road favorite on Thursday night. Typically doesn't bode well for that road favorite or really any road team on Thursday night football. You factor in the travel in this game, and I really don't love the idea of backing the San Francisco 49ers, right? Because, you you know, any Thursday night game, you have a team playing without its optimal rest. And then, of course, they're traveling God knows where. That's an issue. You make it from San Francisco to the East Coast, and that becomes, I think, a really big situation there. And I'm, I'm not talking about in terms of, you know, the body clock, like with the uh, 10 a.m. Pacific equivalent starts on the Sunday window. But just in terms of you haven't had a lot of time to recover from your last game. You got to fly across the country. That's less time you're actually spending doing the prep work to be great at football. I think all of that kind of an issue here for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the offenses, as of late, San Francisco performing better on the offensive side of the ball over their last three weeks, tied for second in the NFL in yards per play, averaging six yards a pop. Got to remember, though, they just came off a game against the leaky Atlanta Falcons defense. They played at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. They got some extra yards per pop from their uh, big plays and overtime. Of course, overtime always tough on defenses when you're dealing with fatigue at the end of games. I don't think things are going to go as smoothly on the road for the San Francisco 49ers as they have gone at home over the last couple of weeks. Also, uh, big news coming out just before this game, A.J. Brown is now back in the equation for the Titans. He is expected to go tonight, and that really changes kind of the tenor of this offense for the Titans, which, of course, when Derrick Henry was around, it was one that liked to pound the rock but had the luxury of throwing it as well. Now Deontay Foreman, he's kind of found his, his footing at the running back spot for Tennessee, but without A.J. Brown and with Julio Jones not really on the field all that much, the defenses were still able to kind of key in on that running game. Now, A.J. Brown, your primary receiving threat is back. That might open up a little bit more breathing room for Foreman on that Tennessee offense. I'm very interested to see at home in a big spot here as all of a sudden the Titans now being challenged for the AFC South. I think we see them bring it here tonight. If I had to make a play on this game, I would roll with the Tennessee Titans and what I think is going to be a really excellent ball game. But give me the home dog here against a cross-country trekking road team short week with a key comeback in the form of A.J. Brown. I think that's a pretty good recipe there for the Tennessee Titans. Now let's move to Christmas Day because we have two pretty great games on the Christmas Day slate. We have Browns, Packers, we have Colts, Cardinals. And we will start out with the early game on the Saturday slate, as hopefully I will watch this game shortly after watching my New York Knicks destroy the Trey Youngless Atlanta Hawks. Fingers crossed on that. But the Browns, seven and a half point dogs, taking on the Green Bay Packers, total of 46. And it's a game here where, let's face it, the Browns are going to need to move the ball more effectively than they have if they want to keep up with this Green Bay team, right? We saw last week, it's tough to judge them based on last game, the Cleveland Browns, because Nick Mullins was their starting quarterback. Nick Mullins, not a good quarterback. That was a problem for them. With that said, 
Baker Mayfield hasn't been that much better for the Cleveland Browns this season. It's not as if he's been lighting up the scoreboard. Even, you know, you figure a couple of weeks ago, you look at that game where they played against the Ravens, got off to a hot start. But Baker Mayfield in that offense by no means closed that game out. I mean, time just sort of ran out on the Baltimore Ravens. And I think that, you know, the Browns come out last week, they lay an egg. They've been struggling these last few weeks offensively with or without Mayfield. I think that could be a really big problem here against the Green Bay team that is really starting to find its stride offensively. Last three games, Packers averaging 5.9 yards per play. And of course, Rodgers starting to hit his stride there. They're fifth in the NFL in yards per play over that time period. With that said, the defense has been a bit of a concern for the Cleveland Browns. And I, I'm sorry, for the Green Bay Packers, which the Cleveland Browns could benefit from in this game. You look at the last three games, the Packers have won all of them, but they have allowed 28 plus in each of those games. They gave up 20, 28 to the Rams. They have 30 against the Chicago Bears. And you have 30 again against the Baltimore Ravens and Tyler Huntley last week. It was not Lamar Jackson. It was Tyler Huntley. And even then, a failed two-point conversion from the Ravens was all that saved Green Bay from potentially losing that football game at the very end. So I think, you know, Green Bay playing very well, potentially on the path for that one seed. But you got to remember that defense has shown some warts. Problem is, I don't think that the Cleveland Browns are explosive enough as currently constructed to take advantage of that fact. Baker Mayfield hasn't been all that good. Jarvis Landry still will or won't leave with the COVID situation. Whole world knows they're going to try and run the ball. That's their bread and butter. I think Green Bay does a good job of slowing that down, making Mayfield be the one to beat them. And I do not see that ending particularly well. I don't have a play on this game. I, now that it's out over a touchdown, I don't feel all that strongly about it, but I would lean toward the Green Bay Packers in this game, especially with the Browns having a game against Pittsburgh, a meaningful division matchup coming up next week. Uh, the Packers, they've already got the division sealed up, so their Sunday night football game against the Vikings a week from now, not going to feel quite as significant. I lean the Packers in this game against Cleveland on Christmas Day. Next up on the Christmas Day slate in the NFL, Colts, one-point dogs on the road against the Arizona Cardinals, total 48-and-a-half. And had this game taken place a few weeks ago, you'd have to imagine that the Arizona Cardinals would have been a heavier favorite in this contest, right? But the way that the Indianapolis Colts have played over the last few weeks has certainly justified them being not quite a favorite, but close to it in this contest against the Cardinals, of course, Injuries on both sides. You have uh, the safety, Sandejo, for the Colts dealing with concussion protocol. Quentin Nelson questionable for this game. Huge piece of that offensive line. If he is not available, that could really flip this game on its head. Uh, of course, DeAndre Hopkins, injured reserve, not expected back until deep into the playoffs if the Cardinals get there. So some meaningful pieces may or may not go. In the case of the Cardinals, definitely going to be without DeAndre Hopkins. That is concerning for both of these sides. Uh, with that said, the Colts, I mean, 27-plus in each of their last four games offensively. And Jonathan Taylor, of course, a huge reason why, right? The over 1,500 yards for the season. He has looked every bit like a flat-out MVP candidate. I know that it's like against the law or whatever for non-quarterbacks to win that award. But again, Jonathan Taylor, he's going to challenge for 2K yards this season if he has a couple of big games here in week 16 and 17 to set himself up for a potential 
chance at it in week 18. But Carson Wentz deserves a lot of credit. We said it last week. I'm going to say it again. Carson Wentz deserves a lot of credit for what's going right with the Indianapolis Colts on offense. He's thrown just six interceptions this year. He's been a different guy in that regard than he was in Philadelphia, where turnovers really plagued him during his time there. And, hey, give him a lot of credit for that. Of course, having Taylor to lean on certainly helps, whereas the Eagles, even when they have had an effective rusher, not always great about getting them their touches. But all the credit goes to Wentz and Taylor and, of course, that O-line for making things work the way that they have. And I think that they could be a real problem for a Cardinals team here where we're talking about another potential second-half collapse, which you got to question. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, we say before every season that the guy's not a winner. And he goes out and proves it in the second half of these seasons a lot of times. Arizona coming off the loss to the Detroit Lions. I mean, just flat out embarrassing on the part of the uh, Arizona Cardinals there. I understand, hey, we talked about it last week. It might not be a game where they came out fully focused, given what's going on in terms of their schedule around that game. I mean, next week they play the Cowboys in another marquee matchup. So maybe they just weren't super enthused about going out and taking out Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions. But that was a pathetic showing, and I guess my my take here is that I trust the over in this game more so than I like either side. Uh, the Colts, they've been playing very well, but you take them on the road on a night primetime game during the weekend there. I don't really love that spot for them, and then, I mean, when it comes to the Cardinals, I don't know if I trust them enough to deliver as currently constructed with the woes that their defense have been having. Um, so give me the over here, I think would be the play. It was around 50 earlier in the week. That's when we had told everybody to go bet it over on the website. Um, it's down to 48 and a half now. I think it's a decent look as I think that both offenses should be able to get some points on the board. So that's the Christmas day slate. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the NBA at the same time as some of these NFL games, I think it's going to make for a really fun Christmas day. If you are a sports enthusiasts of course uh spend some time with your families you know make sure you you prioritize that but if you are going to watch some sports plenty of options on christmas day now let's move to the sunday slate in the nfl and we will start with giants eagles giants 10 point dogs total 40 and a half and uh you know again i talked about the knicks system a minute ago i'm a knicks fan i'm a new york giants fan and I mean, can we just forfeit the rest of the season can the giants just not do the rest of the season. They shut down Daniel Jones. It's going to be Mike Glennon the rest of the way. And get ready for some fun numbers about Mike Glennon, ladies and gentlemen, because it's terrible. It's pathetic. Mike Glennon, so far during his tenure with the New York Giants this season, averaging 5.2 yards per pass attempt. And whenever I give out these yards per play, yards per pass attempt numbers, I try to provide some kind of context, right? Where that guy ranks in the league, where that team ranks, in the league in those numbers. Well, when it comes to Mike Glennon, he hasn't amassed enough pass attempts to like rank in terms of the actual quarterback list, but you can look at his yards per attempt and compare him to other quarterbacks. So here at the GBI show, right, we're a hardworking group of uh, a one, right, as far as, uh, you know, I'm producing, preparing, delivering the show, as I love to do. It's one of my great passions as far as the sports gambling industry is doing this very show. So, uh, you know, no complaints about doing the research, of course. But you look at Mike Glennon's yards per pass attempt numbers, and uh, they are worse so far this season than the following quarterbacks. Jacoby Brissett, 
Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, all averaging more yards per pass attempt than Mike Glennon is this season with the Giants. And uh, as if that wasn't bad enough, uh, Kadarius Toney, the Giants wide receiver, he is averaging 6.3 yards per pass attempt, which is over a yard per attempt more than Mike Glennon this season. That's concerning if uh, you're a Giants fan trying to watch these last few games of the season. Meanwhile, the Eagles, uh, listen, they're fighting for a playoff spot somehow here. Uh, The bottom feeders of the NFC East have all lost to the Eagles recently, making things pretty easy on Philly the rest of the way, who, of course, they get the Washington football team again next week. Chance for them to win another game in division and uh, really give themselves a good shot at getting to the playoffs here. So they've got something to play for, and they're playing one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. As a 10-point favorite at home, I think that the Eagles might actually be worth a play here. The Giants' defense tends to come to play at home. They actually did get the better of Philadelphia earlier in the season at home. But on the road, I just I don't see them putting up a lot of fight. And more importantly, I just don't see them putting up a lot of points. I think that if uh, Jalen Hurts, who is questionable, but if Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense can score 21 points, I think that's out of reach as far as the point spread is concerned for the Giants this coming week. It's going to be pretty ugly, in my opinion. Next up, NFC Showdown here on the GBI Show. Rams, Vikings, Rams, three-point favorites, total of 49. And, you know, the Rams starting to put it back together again. They had that run where things were going very poorly for them. Matt Stafford was looking banged up. Well, they've kind of fixed that. They have turned that around as the Rams, they have won three straight all of a sudden. And now you look at this Rams team tied with the Cardinals for first place in the NFC West. I believe that the Cardinals are like above them in the standings uh, by some tiebreaker scenario that I didn't feel like looking up. But, uh, But the Rams are right there. They have a winnable game this week. And the Cardinals have a very difficult game on Saturday. And you wonder, okay, is this the time where the Rams can kind of take over this division like yours truly thought they would from the beginning of the season? Well, it's going to be a little tougher, I think, than some people might anticipate here against the Vikings. The Rams, they are number one in the NFL in yards per play this season. But the Vikings, they are tied for fourth in that regard. They're tied with teams like the Chiefs and the L.A. Chargers in terms of their yards per play this season. They have been pretty formidable offensively. They are at home. This is one of those early window Sunday games where the Rams have to come from the West Coast and play in that spot. Not ideal. And I think really more importantly than that, you have a situation here where the Rams, they're playing off of a Tuesday game. Uh, The Eagles also playing off a Tuesday game, but the Eagles are playing against the Giants at home. So I don't think it's as big a deal as this game for the Rams, traveling not fully across the country, halfway across the country after a Tuesday game, I think that is potentially an ugly situation for the Los Angeles Rams. I would lean toward the Vikings in this game. I think that the Vikings, by the way, who are still in the playoff hunt, I mean, they are fighting tooth and nail for a wild card berth here. This could be a big game for them, and I think we see them really bring it against the Rams team who I just don't know what we're going to get for them. I mean, just one of these weird, not fully unprecedented, but you know, mostly unprecedented situations that they are going to be in 
this week. Now, in my opinion, the game of the week in the NFL in Week 16 is going to be the Bills and the Patriots. The Bills, two-and-a-half-point dogs on the road at Foxborough, total 43-and-a-half. Of course, last week, the Bills beating the Panthers, the Patriots losing on Saturday to the Colts. And this is a game that I think the Bills are going to win outright. And my take on this is that last game between the Patriots and the Bills, I think, I mean, you throw it in the trash because it was not in any way indicative of what we're going to see this week between these two teams. Last time these two teams played, it was in Orchard Park, Monday Night Football, and we had just crazy high wins that were decimating the passing offenses of both teams. The Patriots didn't even try to pass the ball. They threw it three times, and it turned out that was the winning strategy because they won like 14-10, to and the Bills down the stretch, they had a bunch of chances down in the red zone. But again, they really couldn't throw the ball so, uh, you know, that was what led to their undoing in those opportunities. This game, barring some kind of weather emergency once again with the wind, Josh Allen and the Bills are at least going to be able to air the ball out a little bit. And they're much more effective in that area than the New England Patriots are. I think that we see them gain an advantage by doing so. You also have a situation where the Bills are still number one in the NFL in yards per play allowed. Patriots, they are in the top three, to be completely fair. The Bills have been far and away the best team in the league in that regard this season. I think we see that continue while their offense picks it up. I'm not saying that this game is a blowout, but I do think that the Bills beat a Patriots team that, by the way, is just three and four at home this season. It's not. This is not the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, you know, axis of evil Patriots where they go out there and they destroy everybody at home with their mystique. I mean, that's just not who this team is. And I do think that as you get later in the season, we're going to see Mac Jones not shrivel up, but we're going to see him struggle a little bit when he plays good teams late in the year. We saw it against the Colts last week. I think we see it again here against the Buffalo Bills, who have a much better quarterback, a better defense, and I think better weapons on the offensive end. I think all those things come together for the Bills to get this win and fight their way back to the top of the AFC East. Now let's go from the AFC East to the NFC South, ladies and gentlemen. Buccaneers, 10-point favorites against the Panthers, total 43 and a half. And, I mean, I lean the Bucs here. The numbers like the Bucs. It's, you know, I don't feel super enthused about laying double figures on the road in division. But the way that the Carolina Panthers have been playing has been so bad that I don't think there's another direction to go in this contest. Uh, First of all, the Bucs coming off a loss. They did lose 9-0, 9-0 to the Saints last time out on Sunday Night Football as the Panthers were beaten 31-14, something like that, against the Buffalo Bills. Um, This is a game where, again, The Panthers have been so bad offensively with Cam Newton at quarterback. Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, is gone. Now we're going to bring Sam Darnold back into the mix. Uh, Coaching staff saying that Newton's going to start, but Darnold's going to play. P.J. Walker is sadly, uh, he's probably the best quarterback on that roster, and that's not a compliment. The other quarterbacks are just bad. But uh, he is probably not going to factor into the equation. And 
it's just not a good situation. I mean, anytime you're shuffling back and forth between quarterbacks, not letting one guy get into a rhythm, I think that's problematic. When the two guys are Cam Newton and Sam Darnold, who aren't good to begin with, I think that is a really big problem. The Panthers tied for the second worst yards per play average in the NFL over the last three weeks. Tampa Bay, obviously much better in that department. They're second in the league in yards per play for the entirety of the season. And we talked about the, uh, it's like the Mendoza line, I guess. Um, It's whatever that is for yards per attempt this season. We talked about it with Mike Glennon, how he's below all those terrible quarterbacks in terms of his yards per play or his yards per pass attempt this season. Cam Newton is right in that area. He's averaging 5.5 yards per attempt. Again, worse than Brissett, worse than Mills, worse than Goff, worse than all those guys, worse than Kadarius Toney has Cam Newton been. Um, his only game where he was you know, pretty efficient throwing the football was against the Washington football team where he averaged seven yards per attempt, but it was his lack of accuracy late in the game that cost them several fourth down attempts and really any chance of coming back and winning that game. I just I think that if the Bucs come out and actually try, if they really give it their full focus, they're going to come out and they're going to win this game pretty easily. I think that they would cover the spread of 10. And it's one of those where we've seen these double-digit spreads, man, work out in the favor of the favorites more often than not this season, which is uh, which is interesting because it kind of goes against everything that you sort of think about the NFL in cases like that. But that's the league we are in today, the haves and the have-nots. The chasm is growing among the top and the bottom of the league right now. Speaking of the bottom of the league, by the way, a uh, game with huge draft implications, the Jaguars and the Jets. It is a pick em game. As of Thursday afternoon, total 41. And I lean toward the Jets. We, we gave it out a two and a half uh, earlier this week. And of course, not optimal closing line value on that. That's going to happen sometimes when you're actually uh, making the bets at the early points in the week. Sometimes you're going to get the closing line value in your favor. Sometimes you are not. The goal is, of course, to do it as often as possible. But it didn't happen here. And that's okay. We're going to be uh, open about that because that's how we roll here on the GBI show. But I would lean toward the Jets here anyway. Look, the Jaguars 0-6 straight up on the road this season. No reason to believe that they are going to break that curse, even against the Jets team that is certainly not good, but it is a Jets team that has won a couple of games at home this season against superior competition. They beat the Titans at home. They beat the Bengals at home this season. They are a team that has at least been competitive at home throughout the year. They were competitive with the Miami Dolphins, who are now surging in the AFC East in a home game at MetLife Stadium. I think that the Jets are going to get the better of a Jaguars team that is the only team, by the way, in the National Football League not to score 200 total points on the season. That is uh, an interesting number as you look at the performances of all these teams this year. There are a lot of teams scoring some points this year in the NFL. Jacksonville Jaguars, not one of them. Under 200 total points for the year in 14 games. That is certainly not going to get it done. I don't think it gets it done against the Jets here. So that is halftime here on the GBI show. Folks, we are through looking at the first eight games on the Week 16 schedule. 
And halftime is, of course, a great time to remind you to go to ATS.io slash GBI. That is right. They gave me my own fancy web page on the ATS website. ATS.io slash GBI. Exclusive offers from several of the legal United States friendly bookmakers. Uh, depending on your state, you might be able to take advantage of some of them, all of them, somewhere in between, hopefully. If you go to ATS.io slash GBI, this is not one of those things where I see a dime for any of the activities that you do on any of these sites. That is not me. That is not how I operate. Uh, simply just support the people who support the GBI show at ATS.io slash GBI. Now, let's get into the second half here of the program. We're going to start it with a pretty sad football game, if we're being completely honest. Lions-Falcons. Lions, six-point dogs on the road against the Falcons. Total 43, and the question on everybody's mind, the big question in the NFL, can the Detroit Lions get their first winning streak of the season with their second straight win against the Falcons this week? I don't know that they necessarily can, especially, and who would have thought we'd ever say this, with Jared Goff status in doubt for this week. Jared Goff on the COVID list. Naturally, he pitches a gem against the Arizona Cardinals last week and immediately uh, ends up on the COVID list. TJ Hawkinson on IR for the Lions. And, you know, it's a game where, let's face it, neither of these teams are particularly impressive on either side of the ball. But what I do think is that in Atlanta, indoors, I think we could get a pretty exciting game in terms of the scoring output from both of these teams. I would lean toward the over 43 in this matchup. Um, I think that the Lions, after playing their best defensive game of the season last week against the Arizona Cardinals, I think we see them take a step back on that side of the ball. Both teams in the bottom five in terms of yards per play allowed over the last three games. I think we see a decent amount of scoring here. With that said, wait and see what's going on with the quarterback situation. You might be able to get a lower total if Goff is indeed unable to go. At the very least, you want to know who is playing quarterback for the teams that you are betting on in this contest. I would uh, certainly say it's a wait-and-see situation, but I would lean slightly toward the over knowing what we know now and assuming that Goff is not going to go. Next up, Chargers minus 10 at the Texans, total 46. Chargers is that, that heartbreaking loss against the Chiefs on Thursday night last week. Um, and it's a game that they played where now you have all these people, oh, the Chargers, that's what you get for being analytics people or whatever. It's such a boring conversation. Uh, let's face it, if any of those close-range plays worked out that they went for it on, nobody would be criticizing them and they probably would have won the game and we wouldn't be having these same boring conversations about, oh, you need to take analytics out of the game. Listen, what happened in that game wasn't that the, char the Chargers were demonstrably worse than the Chiefs. What happened was the Chiefs, they got lucky on a couple of short yardage plays. They got like a deflection right at the line of scrimmage on one of them. Herbert throws the ball just a little bit differently. It's an entirely different football game. It's just, it's a boring conversation and uh, we won't belabor it any further. I accept to say the people who think you need to like get analytics out of football as if maximizing your win probability 
is a bad thing. It's not it's not a good look. It doesn't make you look particularly smart. Anyway, this is a game where I think that the Chargers should be able to bounce back pretty convincingly. Uh, the Chargers are tied for fourth in the league in yards per play on the season. Texans dead last. Chargers averaging nearly a yard and a half per play more than the Houston Texans this season. Uh, Texans, they did come off a win against the Jaguars earlier this season, the game after they lost 31-21 to the Cleveland Browns. I think we see a similar result here. I think the Chargers, if anything, would be the best play as not only are the Texans due for their post-Jacksonville letdown like we saw earlier in the season, I also think with 23 individuals on the Texans' COVID list, that could be a really big concern for a team that, let's face it, doesn't have a lot of depth, doesn't have a lot of talent to begin with. I think that as long as the Chargers are at least reasonably healthy coming into that game, which is not a given in today's current society with all these COVID announcements coming at the last minute in every sport, I think as long as they're at least reasonably healthy, they should be able to take care of business against the Texans there. Next up, ravens Bengals, a really interesting AFC North matchup. Ravens, three-point dogs on the road, total 45. And the last few weeks, I guess, have kind of begged the question, and it's a question that I am just relishing in hearing. Uh, is Tyler Huntley really that much of a downgrade uh, when you compare him to Lamar Jackson? Um, you know my stance on Lamar Jackson. I've called him the F-word Many times, I am, of course, not talking about the F-word that Kelly in Vegas would use to describe Cliff Lee. I am talking about the word fraud. I believe that Lamar Jackson is a fraud when it comes to big games. And, you know, for the most part, he's kind of proven me right throughout his career. Tyler Huntley, on the other hand, he has come out guns blazing these last couple of weeks. Engineered a backdoor cover against the Browns a couple of weeks ago and gets them to within a point of beating the... Green Bay Packers last week. It was 31-30, and the second time in just a few weeks where the Ravens go for two after a late touchdown when they could have chosen to tie the game up. They choose to go for it. It does not work. That doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. It just didn't work out in their favor. But, hey, credit to Tyler Huntley. They've been playing some competitive football with him. Uh, Lamar Jackson, questionable for this matchup still dealing with the ankle. And really the big question in this game is, if Lamar can go, how good to go is he really? How mobile is he going to be is the real question. Um, you know, it's a game where I would lean toward the over whether or not Lamar Jackson plays in this game. You look at the way the Ravens have played offense with Tyler Huntley over the last few weeks. Uh, the Ravens, they only dropped – 0.2 yards per play off of their season average with Huntley out there over these last few weeks compared to Lamar Jackson. I think that there's something to be said there that Huntley at least can move the ball with this team. And also, I mean, it shouldn't be overlooked that the Ravens are just very well coached. They come into these games with decent enough game planning to get through situations like a former MVP not being available due to injury. Uh, so I think you have that. Ravens form one to the over after a loss this season. That includes last week uh, when they played the Packers following their loss to the Cleveland Browns. I think we see an over here against a Bengals team that, yes, they played well defensively a mile high against a really bad Broncos offense, but I think that we'll see them uh, give up some more 
this week as we've seen them do throughout the season. Next up on the GBI show, let's go back to the NFC. And we're talking Bears, Seahawks. Bears, six and a half point dogs on the road. Total 43. And it's just a, it's a game that I really don't want a lot to do with. I would lean slightly toward the under for this contest. Uh, Justin Fields, he's questionable. We should see him. Uh, Tyler Lockett has been activated. We should see him. Uh, DK Metcalf, questionable. Collins and Homer in the backfield, questionable for the Seahawks. Both these teams kind of in the middle of the pack in terms of uh, yards per play allowed this season, but not good offensively so far this year. You know, you're dealing with the Seahawks sort of in that middle of the pack range in terms of their offensive output. The Bears right near the bottom. They have been abysmal for the vast majority of this season in terms of generating yards per play, generating points. Really, most metrics you look at, the Bears offensively have not been impressive. Uh, what has been impressive is the fact that both of these teams have been good at playing unders so far this year. Seattle, 10-3-1 and to the under on the year. Chicago, 9-5 and to the under on the year. I think we see another under between these two teams, especially with the Seahawks dealing with a rare tail end of the season where psychologically they are not involved in a playoff race. I think we could see a pretty sluggish Seahawks offense as a result. Now let's go to the AFC West after talking about that game that will be played at the home of the NFC West Seahawks. This AFC West matchup, Broncos, Raiders, Broncos, one-point favorites on the road, total 41.5. And, and to me, this is an under game all the way. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater out due to a concussion. We are going to see Drew Locke. And uh, Drew Locke is not the perfect place if you are an overbetter, in my opinion. Uh, he just he, I've never rated him particularly highly, and he has not done anything to prove me wrong uh, for the vast majority of his NFL career. You look at the Raiders, I mean, again, and it does really kind of coincide with the Gruden and Hank Ruggs uh, discharges. And again, I'll say it every single time, I get why those things needed to be done, but certainly had an effect on the Raiders as a whole. You look at them over their last seven games, they have scored above 16 points one time. That was Thanksgiving Day against the Cowboys, a game which they won outright, by the way. Uh, since then, it has been ugly for the Oakland Raiders offensively. Broncos 11-3 and to the under on the season. And this is a game where it's not one of those late-season games where there's nothing to play for, so you might see some offensive fireworks, teams kind of letting them letting their hands go offensively. Both of these teams are 7-7. Seven and seven. They are in the race in the AFC playoff picture. I think we're going to see both teams kind of come out conservatively, just try not to mess things up before things might open up later on. I think that we see an under in the contest between the Broncos and the Raiders. Three games left to look at here on the GBI show for this week. Steelers Chiefs is up next in the 425 p.m. Eastern window. Steelers eight and a half point dogs on the road, total 45. And I lean toward the Chiefs in this game. I know it's like a very chalky thing to say and do, but I really do think that when you look at this matchup, it favors the Chiefs in a pretty big way, even though there are some COVID-related concerns there. 
with Kansas City, Kyle Long, Harrison Butker, Kelsey. They're all dealing with COVID-related situations that I think uh, should not be overlooked. Here's my take on this game, though. You look at the Steelers this season, 2-4 and four on the road this year. You look at their two road wins. They fit a certain game script, low-scoring games where their defense was able to make plays to eventually deliver them those victories. The Buffalo Bills, they beat on the road. It took a block punt from the special teams that was turned into a touchdown to swing that game, and the Bills really just couldn't get it going offensively. By the way, that win hasn't aged particularly well. The Bills are 8-6 and six this season, not quite as good as we thought they were going to be. And then you look at the, uh, the Steelers beating the Cleveland Browns on the road this year, another low-scoring game. I think Cleveland had just 10 points on that afternoon. That's kind of the game script the Steelers need to win games right now, and you're not going to get that with the Kansas City Chiefs. They are firing on all cylinders offensively. They are averaging 6.3 yards a play over their last three games are the Chiefs. That is good for number one in the NFL over the last few weeks of action. And the Chiefs' defense has been playing better than we saw earlier in the season. All year long, we've been talking about, oh, the Chiefs, worse in the league in yards per play allowed. No, they've buttoned it up. Over their last three games, 0.6 yards per play less than their season average they've been allowing. They've really, really tightened the screws defensively, which has allowed their offense to really let its hands go and play well on that side of the ball. I think that's what we see in this game. I'm sorry. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is keeping up with Patrick Mahomes with the way the Chiefs have been playing, and I think that the Chiefs pick up yet another win. They're going for eight straight here. I think they get it, and I do think that they cover the spread in the process. Now, we've got two more games. They are the night games that we are going to cover here on the GBI show, and first we're going to get to a game that I'm, again, I am upset it is on in prime time. We are talking about the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys football team, 10.5-point dogs, total is 47. And you cannot tell me that we shouldn't have seen this game flexed out of this spot. I, I don't know what the specific rules are with the flex scheduling in the NFL. I'm not privy to that sort of thing. Um, but what I do know is that there had to have been one other game that couldn't be protected by the networks that they could have went with instead of football team Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. I get it. The Cowboys, they're America's team or whatever. But this game is going to be abysmal as far as I'm concerned. I think that the Cowboys cover it. We saw this matchup not too long ago in Washington. Cowboys jumped out to a huge lead. They did let Washington get close toward the end. It ended up being 27-20, but I don't think we see anything similar here. The Washington offense has been just putrid. They are averaging 4.3 yards per play in their last three games. Only the Jacksonville Jaguars have been worse in that regard. Uh, Dallas on defense, they have allowed under five yards of play over the last few weeks, which is a pretty stark departure from what we've seen from them for a lot of this season. So again, you talk about these playoff teams, right? Trying to round into form late in the regular season. You see teams like the Chiefs tightening up the defense. You see teams like the Cowboys tightening up the defense. Teams that we know are going to be in the postseason and get, keeping an eye on those sorts of things could very well be beneficial as we get toward betting on the NFL 
playoffs. Washington, Taylor Heineke is going to be back. Does that really help them? I don't think that moves the needle all that much. Um, I think, again, this is a game where if the Cowboys want to go out and put a hurting on the football team, they have all the tools to do it. Uh, the one thing that does scare me about this game is you have Cowboys Cardinals in Dallas next week. Marquee matchup. Very possible that the Cowboys overlook the football team here and maybe get off to a slow start or finish poorly. But I do think that the Cowboys would be the best play uh, if you phase that out of your mind when you bet this game in a vacuum. Now, we've got one last game to look at here on the GBI show. And it's interesting in maybe not the ways we thought it was going to be coming into the season, but you have Dolphins Saints. Finns, one-and-a-half-point favorites, total 37-and-a-half. I believe the Dolphins were underdogs early in the week, but uh, they have since flipped to being favorites, and it's not hard to see why. They have won six straight games. They went from one-and-seven to seven-and-seven. They are in the race in the AFC against all odds. I, I did not check and see what the Dolphins were to make the playoffs when they were a one and seven team. I don't even know if it was on the board at that point, but they are now a much better price to get that done. And if they win this game, a very winnable game on Monday night on the road, they could be eight and seven and really in a decent spot trying to make the playoffs over the last couple of weeks of the season. Miami over the last three games, giving up under, Four yards per play. That is really impressive stuff from the Miami Dolphins. That's the best mark in the NFL over that time frame. Uh, the Saints, uh, they're giving up under five yards to play themselves over their last three games. Certainly nothing to turn your nose up at. But right now, Miami is playing on such a different level on the defensive side of the ball. And of course, you know, in this game, they're going to have the opportunity to tee off on Taysom Hill, who while he was responsible, technically he beat Tom Brady last week. Uh, they only scored nine points, which certainly isn't very good. There is talk of maybe Ian Book starting this game for the New Orleans Saints. It'll be interesting to see where they end up on that front. But I think that Jalen Waddell should be back from the COVID list this week. I think that's a huge deal for this Miami team. And with the way that defense has been playing, I would lean toward the Miami Dolphins. On the road in not a must-win game, but very, very close to it for the Miami Dolphins against the Saints team whose season is pretty much already lost at this point in time. Folks, that is your look at week 16 of the NFL season from a betting perspective. And just a little treat for those who have been consuming the show live. Uh, we actually got it done before Thursday Night Football this time. That is a rarity, but we actually got the show done before Thursday Night Football started this week. So now you can turn this off and actually go watch Thursday Night Football if you are a part of the live audience who we appreciate so much. If you're a part of the podcast audience, you're very upset that I'm talking about this at all because it's really not very polished for the podcast. And I apologize for absolutely none of it. But that is your look at NFL Week 16. Th thank you, seriously, to everybody who has checked out the show this week, the whole season. Um... We're going to try and do some cooler stuff with this show as we go along. Uh, I'm going to try and break out of my shell here, talk to some guests and get some things going in that regard. And of course, I can't stress enough, ATS.io slash GBI. Get your hands on some of the money that some of these sports books are trying to give away 
to new players, uh, support the show in that way, of course, we would greatly appreciate it. Next week, week 17 of the NFL season, which is not the last week of the season anymore. Don't forget that. There are now 18 weeks in the season, but we will cover the penultimate week of the NFL season next Thursday on the GBI show. And of course, before we say goodbye, we have to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody. Cannot state enough how much we appreciate everybody who does support the show. And whether you do or not, you know, listen, I would certainly prefer it if you did support the show. But if you don't, Happy Holidays to you anyway. I hope it is a great Christmas or whatever it is you're celebrating this weekend. Until next time, Jay Sannon saying see you later. Good luck on all your bets in Week 16, and thank you for listening to the GBI Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.